Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the Gospel of the Day. I am James Thomas. Today is September. It's Friday, September the 1st, 2023, the 21st Friday in Ordinary Time. And I'm just pulling up the reading here for the day. Today's reading is... Uh oh, it just came out in Espanol. I'm going to read it to you in English. And it's from the Gospel according to St. Matthew once again. Jesus told his disciples this parable The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So once again, we are talking about salvation and what we need to do to be ready. The gospel yesterday was about being awake, being ready. The thief is coming. The master is returning. A couple things that just occurred to me as I was reading this. Uh, the foolish ones brought no oil with them. It's interesting. Then what are they doing out there? They took their lamps. They went out to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom was delayed. The bridegroom is coming. They have to trim their lamps. Give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. One thing that occurs to me is people who think they're going to be saved by association. Oh, well, I go to church. Oh, well, I do this. I do that. Or, you know, uh, people that say, well, I'm going to be saved because of my spouse or because of my kids or because of my parents. Well, yeah, I mean, people can help, but ultimately we have to appear alone before the bridegroom, before our Lord. And this is why I, I guess when I read this before in the past, I thought, man, those wise virgins, they're not nice though. Why wouldn't you give some of your, some of your oil? But then again, it's a boundary and we're supposed to have clear boundaries. We're not supposed to sacrifice our own salvation, our own health, our own sanity, etc., because others are not responsible with their own. Such an important lesson, even though they might in a narcissistic way, make you feel guilty because they're having issues, they're having problems. The Lord says, I do not know you. I say to you, I do not know you. That's horrifying. That's a horrifying thought that the Lord could possibly say to us. The door gets locked. I don't know, there was another thought that I had here, but anyway, let's go on here. 
it'll come back to me, whatever that other thought was. But, you know, one thing about this parable is that the Lord tells multiple parables. There are multiple times where he says the kingdom of heaven will be like a wedding feast. So this is first and foremost, such an important thing for us to know about our own salvation, about who we are, about how the Lord sees us. The different types of relationships that we have in this world are merely an analogy for the big picture. They're merely symbols of where the Lord is directing us. So we start as his children, but ultimately he wants us to marry him. Heaven will be a wedding banquet in which we marry the Lord. The Lord and us bound together in a bond of marriage, which is on every level. It's physical, it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's mental, it's everything. It's all the different levels of the human person. The Lord wants to marry us. It's why he says on the cross, it is consummated after he pays the price for our sins. It's what the book of Revelation is all about. They're getting ready for the wedding banquet of the Lamb. And in the Old Testament, I mean, there's so many images of this with the people of Israel. There's this beginning of a sentiment of God is their father. But then it's God intends them to grow older and then they will marry God. And then what happens is very often they're considered to be a harlot. They've given their hearts and their lives to other gods, not just other people, other things, other interests, but other gods altogether. And the Lord says, you have been unfaithful to me as a wife, unfaithful to her husband. So that's the first thing we, you know, entire courses are taught on this in the theology of the body in particular, um, just about who we are in Christ, that we are meant to be married to almighty God. There is no marriage in heaven. Marriage here on earth is a very beautiful thing that signifies the ultimate reality that we will experience in heaven and religious life in this world is a participation already in that. So there's that. Then there's the analogy of the oil, the image of the oil, the oil in various people, saints over the ages that have interpreted this reading. They say over and over again, the oil represents the Holy Spirit, that we must be in the state of grace. I was just listening to a talk, and in fact, I posted a little part of it on Facebook, um, from Medjugorje, just about how people go to confession and rightly so. It's a good thing. (laughs) It's necessary for our salvation to confess our sins, especially any mortal sins that we have and how whenever there is a diabolical manifestation, what happens is the demon will attack the people in close proximity, especially anybody trying to get rid of that demon, anybody trying to help that person. And the first thing they do is they start confessing the sins of the other person. They know our sins and they come after our sins. They are on the attack. And the devil feels a certain ownership of human souls, unless, of course, they are without sin. When they are without sin, then the demons are silent regarding that person. It reminds us often to go to confession, to get rid of our sins. So 
confession, they say, is worth uh, many exorcisms, a hundred exorcisms. I forget, you know, they, <coughs> different exorcists will say it in different ways. <coughs> but the purpose of confession is to restore the Holy Spirit, to restore our baptism that makes us belong to Almighty God and not belong to the devil. Like I said, the devil feels a certain propriety when we are not claiming our inheritance as children of God our Father. So it's what confession does. And yes, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I guess I was just thinking about uh, how we can run out of grace. You know, it's sin first and foremost. For example, in the life of Jesus, you know, let's just look at, at Jesus, for example. Jesus never ran out of grace. Jesus was never in sin. So his grace was always with him. Jesus ran out, though, when it came to his humanity. Jesus was so strong. Never mind just, I mean, the Shroud of Turin shows us he was six foot tall and he was muscular. Of course, he was a carpenter and carpentry was a very difficult job. It still is. But back in the day, they didn't have all the technology and the tools that we have now. So Jesus was physically strong. But because he was without sin, because he was the God-man, he was able to endure things far beyond what we can endure. And yet he felt pain even greater than we do. Once again, because he was without sin, it brings into perspective what he went through in the crucifixion. But when you think about all the stuff he went through, the scourging, the crowning with thorns, the carrying of the cross, the hanging on the cross, struggling to breathe, Jesus had so much stored up you know, in terms of grace, in terms of God's help, in terms of just, you know, human graces, human healthiness, even Jesus ran out of all the human stuff. Jesus eventually did get tired. He eventually did expire. He died on the cross, but he never sinned. He still never sinned. Despite all that, the Holy Spirit never ran out. I think of times that I've needed to replenish especially with a good retreat, at least taking a day off here and there, taking a week off is wonderful. Um, I recall when my father died, uh, it was about 15 years ago and just, man, I was wiped out on every level. Uh, I was wiped out emotionally, spiritually, physically. And so I took a week off just on, on the fly. I, I asked if I could have a week off where I was working. They said, sure. I was working at a school. They said, certainly take the week off. And I went on a retreat to a monastery and just spent the week looking at Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, just sitting there in front of him in the Blessed Sacrament, and it replenished me in every possible way. I came back from that week feeling strong because I had spent so much time with Jesus, in addition to getting sleep, getting exercise, doing some reading, etc. Um, I don't know, all these different images go through my head. I got one <laughs> funny secular image and then another one from the life of a saint. I'm thinking of the episode of Seinfeld. I don't know how many people out there watch that show. And yes, at times it could be very crude, but there's an episode where Kramer, I forget what it was, if he got a new car or if someone else got a new car and he wanted to see exactly um, what would happen to the gauge when he runs out of gas. In other words, when the, when the, the lever there is on the E for empty, 
is it really empty or how far could he take this car before it's completely empty? And everybody else is just like, you're so crazy, you're bizarre. But he drove and drove and drove. And he's like, see, they lie. See, I could go so much further after it said it was empty. And I feel like a lot of us do that um, when we need to be replenishing. We think we have a lot left over. And the worst thing you can do, the worst way you can do that is with grace. To think like, oh, I'm okay, I'm going to wait till later. Or I'm going to wait till I'm on my deathbed. We, you might not get a chance. Heaven forbid the people that die in accidents, the people that die all of a sudden. But yes, we need to be replenishing. It's through our prayer life, through our works of charity, through our spiritual reading, through our reception of Holy Communion. But more than anything regularly going to confession, receiving confession, restoring, replenishing the Holy Spirit within us. Uh, the life of a saint example I was going to give was St. Sebastian, very similar to our Lord, except, you know, much uh, on a much smaller scale because he's not our Lord. Uh, St. Sebastian was um, shot with arrows. If you see pictures or statues of St. Sebastian, He's the one that, whose whole body is just loaded with arrows. And uh, they left him for dead. They shot him with all those arrows. This is during the time of the Roman Empire. He's one of those ancient Roman martyrs. And uh, at the end of the whole thing, they left him there to die. And what did he do? He got up and he went back into the city and he continued to preach Jesus Christ. And so they had to capture him again. And the second time around, they had to make sure that he was dead. Uh, so it's an incredible story, very, very inspiring, but that's where, you know, divine grace can do incredible things, heroic things, supernatural things. Um, but once again, you can be sure a saint like that, that was preaching and able to endure so much, he was probably overflowing with the grace of almighty God. And of course the act of martyrdom fills you with grace par excellence. I mean, we believe that martyrs go straight to heaven. Anyway, the question is, I attended a retreat once where this gospel reading was the theme of the entire retreat and the leader of the retreat, it got annoying after a while, but he, he began every talk by saying, uh, you got any oil? <laughs> How much oil you got? You're out of oil yet? How much oil you got? Got any oil? Um, and it was just to remind us. And I re I end this today by reminding all of you. Uh, just to make sure you have plenty of oil. In other words, filling yourself with the Holy Spirit, being filled, realizing that's the greatest energy you could have. That's the greatest sustenance you can have. Of course, we have to sleep well and eat well and all these other things, but it's God's grace. Like, for example, I mean, I just think of the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Mary is the spouse of the Holy Spirit, so she's always praying for this for us, where you could be having the worst day at work. You could be having the biggest trouble with your relationships. And yet, when you have those gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit, when you are filled with the oil, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then there's always going to be some joy in your heart. There's always going to be peace. God gives these things freely to us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So I pray for all of you that you may have the love and the joy and the peace of the Holy Spirit by always being filled with him by always being filled with God's grace. Got enough oil? Have a great day, everybody. God bless you.